How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Bradfoe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEI. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rob Bradford, along with Coop and Joe. Joe Braverman behind the glass. All right, we'll get right to it. Our good friend, Coop's good friend, straw that stirs a drink in the Red Sox Incredible bullpen. Incredible human being. Ryan Brazier. Uh, he's been a uh, topic of conversation throughout the offseason, so I figured it was a good time to get him on the Bradford Show podcast. The entire podcast with Ryan Brazier is going to drop on Monday morning, but we're going to play a big chunk of it, about 20 minutes of it, where we talk about uh, the DFA conversation, the very controversial DFA uh, did he expect to be DFA? So anyway, it's a worthwhile conversation for a guy who, like as I've been, uh, I've been trying to articulate to everybody, can actually be a good pitcher for this team. But I haven't bought him yet. Or, well, maybe after you hear this, we'll see. All right, here you go. Here's Ryan Brage on the Bradford Show. We talk about the business of baseball. Your buddy Ryan, Matt Barnes, he gets DFA. I mean, and this is another part of it, right? The where you know that you have a new GM. So, I mean, he's not new now, but. He's turning stuff over. So when he's turning stuff over, this is what happens. You end up with three guys from the 2018 team. But in the meantime, it's like, okay, like who's the next guy is going to get turned over? I, obviously, I, I would imagine you were surprised about Matt. I was surprised about yeah. Matt. And, and I would imagine your, your group text chain was surprised about Matt. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but that was uh, – did that take you so, – so with that said, did that take you by surprise? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, you know, as surprising as it was to a lot of people, you know, it's just kind of the, you know, how things are, I guess. You know, I think, you know, I think guys don't get surprised anymore, if that makes sense. I mean, because I think everyone knows, you know, the nature of the game and how how it is as far as, you know, going new places or, you know, getting DFA'd or getting traded. You You know, it's one of those things that you almost just, you don't think about it and you don't really see it coming ever, you know, and, and I just, I think guys are not really surprised anymore when, when stuff surprising happens, if that, if that makes no, any sense. No, I mean, it's, it's weird because it is such a fluid industry, I guess. I mean, you've, you, even though you've been with the Red Sox for all these years before that, you weren't, I don't know if you knew this. Right. Right. I mean, I go through, you go through different places and, and different, you know, like you said, different front offices and stuff gets turned over. And that just it's been that way, you know, every level. I mean, you see it in the minor leagues the same as you see it in the big leagues. You know, new guys coming in, certain guys leaving or going up or down. And it just it's uh, it's kind of a, you know, not a revolving door, but 
you know, it, it, it just, you don't get as surprised as I guess I used to. I don't know. So uh, with that in mind, knowing how much turnover, were you worried at all this off? And not worried. I mean, you're going to pitch. doesn't make difference. But um, were you worried about suffering the same fate? I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't worried about it, but I wasn't worried about pitching. Like I knew this year I was going to pitch regardless of if it was, you know, Red Sox or someone else. So, I, I mean, obviously I like it here. I want to be here. Um but, like, it, it's out of your control. So, it's just kind of, you know, you don't really think about it. And I guess when it happens, you think about it. But um, for the most part, it's out of your control. And and uh, you just kind of pick up and, you know, I guess move on. Well, you know, before I get to your, you know, raising your Q rating and uh, in, in propping you up here. But it's – did anyone during that time – and I know, listen, I'm going to get to some of the sort of the Ryan Brazier support system here, but in some of the facts. But what during any of that time when that was going on, did anybody in the organization say, hey, listen, we saw what you are. We saw what you were at the end of the year. This is this is we're valuing you. And we're, this is the reason why we're going to continue to value you. I mean, not so much as to like really call and say that until after, you know, I signed and everything was, you know, I was coming back. But, you know, I think at the end of last year, you know, I was in a really good spot, obviously, um, finish the year strong. But, um, you know, just the daily work that, you know, Alex or Bushy or Walker in the bullpen or like the video guys, um, as much work as we did, you know, I could, you know, it, you can tell if, if somebody's kind of behind you. If that makes if that makes sense, um, you know, we worked I worked hard at the end of the year on trying to figure out the best way to go about stuff as far as pitching um, my mechanics. And, you know, it kind of showed um, and we went into the offseason with the understanding I was going to keep doing the same stuff from, you know, day one of the offseason until I got here. So, um, yeah, you know, you just kind of work as if you're getting ready to come back here. And, you know, if that wasn't the case, I was you know, just as ready to go somewhere else. So that if, takes, that takes, I'm sorry, go ahead. If if I had to, you know, obviously mm-hmm. number one was coming back here right. and, and uh, there's, there's nowhere I love playing more than Fenway. You know, it's, it's my favorite park, but, um, you know, it's just like I say, you, you know, you can't really get surprised anymore either way. So uh, like you mentioned, uh, this is the thing that I've sort of like tried to scream from the mountaintops when everyone talks about your season last year is looking it up because I did the research because my work ethic's off the charts. And in in the last 13 outings, which would encompass the last month and whatever in October, you mm-hmm. had the third best uh, batting average against of any relief pitcher in baseball with as many as 13 appearances. Okay, so what was the difference there? And And I know that part of this – this go, probably goes back to, you know, the even going back to last spring training, whatever, and take me through, like, the evolution of it. But I know that part of this, because I've talked to people in the organization, part of it was in August, the usage was sort of all over the place. And and then you sort of settle in, boom, you hit your stride. And then, like you said, those numbers, those aren't fluky numbers. Take me through how you got to that point. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, through the whole year, it was kind of up and down. Stretches are good. Stretches are not so good. Um, And it just, you know, everything kind of got together. And, 
we got a really good plan as far as, as of attacking hitters and uh, kind of how I was going about actually pitching, you know, end game stuff. Cause you know, I, I felt like I'd have like my best stuff and get hit a little bit and not, and wonder why. And, you know, if you go look at, you know, certain numbers or certain analytic stuff, you know, you could see like percentage of fastballs, you know, I, I, uh, certain counts, you know, you might throw this pitch 99% of the time. Well, if I know that as a hitter, as soon as I get in the box, if I get to the, a certain count and you throw predominantly one pitch, I'm sitting on one pitch. So you were being pre- too predictable. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say predictable, but I, I just uh, – uh, there were certain things that, that I changed in the last, you know, six, seven weeks of the season that started showing, you know, better results almost immediately. Hmm. And, Go ahead. And I was just saying, you know, going into the offseason, that was, you know, the the mechanical work that, that I was doing and the, the, you know, stuff I was working on on the mound, you know, just keep doing it, you know, we're getting ready for this year. Cliche question, was there a turning point? Like, obviously, you know, there's, there's a pretty big jumping off. Statistically, there's a pretty big jumping off point. But for you, was there, and it doesn't have to be, this was the be-all, end-all moment. But what for you was there a turning point where the light went on and said, "Okay." When I got a few days, I started throwing my two seam again, and I felt like once I started throwing it, it kind of got me into a place that I don't know if I'd I'd felt in a while. Um, But I want to say that like mid August or mid July or whatever it was when I started coming back with my two seam, my velocity went up a little bit. And my stuff started getting better. And then once I started doing the work, you know, the mechanical stuff or, you know, pitch sequencing or stuff like that, and I think it all just kind of fell together. And so you hadn't been throwing your two-seamer up until that point that during the year? No, I, I hadn't thrown it in a couple years. And when I went down, um, I started throwing it again um, and then threw it the rest of the year. That must be a good feeling when you when you I mean you know pitching is tough. I don't know if you know this. Pitching is tough. <laughs> I throw a mean forty mile an hour straight ball, um, but it's to you're searching and you're looking at video and you're doing all this and then to find that thing where all of a sudden you realize, okay, this is it. This is it. And right. and, and, and it, it wasn't a, like a split thing, but I could I could almost feel it coming. You know, one thing and then another thing, and then it kind of all just, you know, domino effect into started started having better, more success. Did you feel when you were on that run in September, did you feel like the pitcher, you know, I can go back in your time with the Red Sox and show like dominant stretches, you know, 2018, you know, 2020, three quarters of that two month season, you were the best pitcher. Um, did it feel like those times? Like where you're like, okay, I've got like that sort of confidence and command over pitching the baseball that I did when I was really, really going good. Yeah, for sure. You know, when it when you're going good, it's obviously, you know, it's easy. It's almost I don't want to say it's easy to pitch because it's not easy to pitch. But when it's going good, you don't even have to think about it. And, you know, it's the exact opposite. You know, when it's going bad, you feel like nothing can go right. Um but yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I was in a in a super good spot with with how I felt. I felt, you know, my mechanics were good. I, I have and my attack, the way I was attacking hitters was was on point. And you know, it, 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 I keep saying it, but everything just kind of 
like fell together right there the last, you know, five or six weeks of the season. And, and, you know, obviously the results showed. So how was the off season different? So last year, you know, last year you're sort of playing, it seemed like in spring training, you're sort of playing a little bit of catch up with your velocity, right? Like yeah. Well, th- I don't throw. After 21, you know, it, it was such a crazy year with getting hurt and mm. then get hit. Head and then, you know, the last, you know, three weeks of the season and then the playoffs and, you know, kind of took more time off than I than I normally do at the end of the season. And this year, you know, as soon as the season was over, I took a few days off and then started throwing again. So, you know, I don't know where I'm at really compared to last year. I know I've thrown more off the mound this year than I have in four or five years uh, leading into spring training, but um, ready to go. How uh, how much did that the the hitting and getting hit in the head like linger for you? Um, I no. mean, the, not not nothing. Few months, okay. a couple months. I I don't have any. I get a little ringing still every every now and then, but they said that that'll be, you know, forever. Could go away, could not go away. But other yeah. than that, I've I've had no. Okay, I'm just. Problem. Uh, uh, listen, nope. I've, I've never been hit in the head with a 104 yeah. miles an hour line drive, so I don't know. Um, so, but I just want to make sure everything's okay. It's not, that's oh, good. It's everything okay. Everything's good. Yeah, I don't want you walking in Twin Peaks doing a podcast at spring training, you know, with your head ringing. So, um, you ever play this? I, I, I should know this. Do you ever play against Yoshida? I know you played against, say, a Suzuki because I talked to you about it. Well, he yeah, he, we were on the same team. I I don't really remember playing against Yoshida because it he would have been maybe first or second year probably. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I don't really remember. That's okay. That's all right. It's all good. Um. So <laughs> there, I failed on that one. No, so you were so you were you were so you were so good on Seiya Suzuki yeah. last years. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh. So when you look at this team, it's. It's funny. It's you know you talk about the turnover and everything else. Um, what do you think the vibe? I mean, it's hard because there's so many new guys, I guess. But what do you think? Like, but you guys communicate and everything. What do you think the vibe is? Like, is it is this going to be a? You've been on teams where you've had to get a lot to know a lot of new guys. Is this going to be a feeling out thing? Is it going to be a chip on the shoulder thing? Um, you know, this is not the typical Red Sox. We're predicting you to, to compete with the, the big boys of the American League. I mean, I would definitely take the over, but uh, but still, you know, the, the, it's a different scene. What is the vibe that you feel like with this team heading into spring training? Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like everybody's going to come in with the you know same goal as every single year coming to spring training, and that's to win. Um. You know, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of new guys coming in, but a lot of veteran guys coming in, you know, guys that have been, you know, been to other places and have been around and been, you know, to the playoffs and to World Series. So I, I think that that holds a lot of weight um, as far as coming to a new place and especially a place like Boston that's expected to win. Um, you know, you bring guys that have bring guys in that have won other places and, um, you know, hopefully everybody can can mesh and, and get along and. You know, you you go out and surprise people. All right, that's Ryan Brazier for the full podcast. You can check it out. It's dropping Monday morning. Uh, I want to get Coop's reaction. He's an incredible human being. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
no, I mean, like, listen, we've had this conversation. I think it's beaten to death. Like, it's not like we don't have the power to change it. But like, I would rather look at the greater sample size than a small sample size that's now being broken up by an entire off season. Like, you're just hoping that he continues the streak in the middle of an off season breakup. That's that's a lot uh, to gamble well, on. Well, you also have. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sick. You can't I'm sick. deny that. In, in, in the words, in, in the words of you, I'm sick of litigating it. Yeah, I mean, as, like, as listen, a legal like, re- representation, any, any free agent you, you bring in, that. you're taking like it's a risk, like it's a stock option, I, I, like. But Ryan Brazier, he has high risk, maybe sure, potentially high same, reward. Who knows? It's the same reason why I'd be claimed because there's that potential. But what's interesting to me, what will be interesting to me, just spin it forward, okay? Can we just spin it forward? We're spinning it forward, 180. Uh, <laughs> We're not. We're spinning it forward. It's a three sixty. We're not like we're just, we're, not doing, we're just turning around in circle and then just well, yeah, like walking forward. We just did a donut again. in the parking lot. Okay. Um, but it, it to me, it all comes back to I'd be really interested when that first spring training game rolls around of how he's throwing because last year that was a very real issue. Like I remember that was one of the narratives. Like where's his velocity? Where's his velocity? Barnes is the same way, but. He's saying that he's going to hit the ground running. He's ready to go. It's going to be different than last year. Best shape be- of his life. Be- well, be- well, we get to that. Yeah, yeah. Best shape of his life. Be- I love his best shape best, of his life. Best season. time of the year. Best shape of his life season. All right. Anyway, we can pick through that a little bit more when we come back if you want. But first, we got a trend. Let's do it, Joe. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, welcome back to the Bradford Show. That was Ryan Brazier, as we said. Right, so, Joe, I know that you were listening intently. What was the Ryan Brazier conversation? What, what struck you? Um, Nothing. I, <laughs> I just think that he, that he wasn't surprised at the move 
by Matt Barnes. I definitely would have thought like, it's a business. Yeah, but the business side of things, but you would have thought like you know those guys, as you said, were connected like in the 2018 title team. So you would have thought like you know they never would have thought that like any of them would have been gone. It would have been like someone else. But you know, time's undefeated, my friend. Time is undefeated. And Tom, that's, Tom that's, Brady said that. That's why you're left with three guys on the 2018 team. That's insane. I mean, five years down the road, it's kind of expected at that point. No? Like, well, okay. So like, who, I am who, on board where, like, it stinks that you did have a young team. Like, that outfield, all incredibly young, still could have been together. But who, it's also like. Who, back in, so, if you go back to 2018, so now you have Ryan Brazier, you have Rafael Devers, and you have Chris Sale. We would, can all assume that we thought that Rafael Devers at this time would be here if for no other reason contractually it lined up, uh, even if he didn't sign the extension. So of those guys back then, who would you say, oh, we, it, when you rolled into 2023, who did you think that might be here? Oh, I would imagine. It's tough. I would imagine Matt Barnes would probably still be here. That was something where, like, he was, like, a player that, like, he wasn't, like, you're going to have to give him a ton of money to keep him around. And, like, at first, you didn't. I mean, you kind of did. But I didn't picture him to be, like, the one on the chopping block before Brazier. Um, I don't know. Ben Attendee. Ben Attendee I could have seen here for a while. Mitch Moreland? I'm just joking. Might have aged out a bit. I I wouldn't mind seeing him still here. Steve Those guys, but, like, those are... You're eventually going to play that game where you play with 2004, where you're like Edgar Mart- uh, Edgar Renteria, <laughs> and you're just like that name was someone in I know, that I'm, time period. Like Edgar- you just start like remembering random names, and that's what like 2018 is starting like, like starting to turn into, where you're like uh, Yasi. I, I mean, honestly, I would have thought Bogarts. I would have thought Betts. I mean, really, the sneaky one is Benintendi. The sneaky you one's really think so? Like, yeah, because, were they that because high? like I can't his, remember if they were his that Q rating right now or back then in 2018, he makes a catch. He has a good year and everything else. He's a really young player. You think that this is a guy who's so what Benintendi's, what is he now? He's not even 30, is he? No. So you would think that he they would have extended they actually did extend him one year. I mean, uh one time. They signed him a, a short contract extension and bought out a couple arbitration years. But you know, he was the guy that I, sneakily I thought would be here. Betts, you knew it was coming around the corner. That's why we kept asking him about, about extensions even back in 2018. Bogarts, I would think that would have been here. So, yeah. So 28. Thanks, Joe. 28. 28. Yeah. There you go. Just a few years older. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely have thought Benintendi would have been here at, at that point. Golden Spikes winner. People forget. People will never forget the Golden Spikes winners. Can't. Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, who could, who could Terry ever. Terry Francona. Who could have ever forgotten the Golden Spikes winner? And so like we talk about the Brazier podcast, and like you said, Monday morning on Brad Foe's show, you can hear the rest of that. And part of that that we didn't play is the snippet from, like we said, we're a big walk-in music. This is, if we do nothing else in this world... We are making sure the Red Sox bullpen has the best walking music. Zach Kelly, John Schreiber, Richard Blyer, uh, Wyatt Earp Mills, all these guys have put their walk-up music in or walk-in music in our hands. And so now we have we turn to Ryan Brazier. So how long is this? How long is this, Joe? Three minutes? Okay. This is Ryan Brazier talking about uh, how we may be able to help him when it comes to the walk-in music. Okay. There you go, 2023 Red Sox colon, don't be surprised. Uh, make sure that your bullpen has the best walk-in music in the American League. 
Okay. Um, so we allowed our listeners to pick John Schreiber's walking music. We okay. allowed Zach Kelly already had good walking music. So uh, we took suggestions, but he ended up having the same one. Um, so what is your walking music? A, L, and also a new guy, uh, Wyatt Earp Mills. And if you don't call him Earp, then, then you're not doing your job because that's the big name that we I am giving him. Uh, we, he, same thing. He, he said, listeners, I pick my walking music. We just had on um, Richard Blyer, a new, another new reliever. Same right. thing. He's open. Like he said, give me suggestion. And that's what we can do. That's all we can do here. First of all, are you uh, are you married to whatever mar- walking music you have right now? Um, and if not, uh, do you want us to give you suggestions? So the last since I've been here, the booth just plays random songs for my walkout music. Really? <laughs> so they asked if I wanted one. I just said no, because they usually it's like a all right, like it's an all right walkout song. You know, they do a pretty good job of picking them. And then this year, my son told me he wanted to wanted me to have my own like every time walkout song. And so we have a couple that I like, but I'm not. I'm definitely not married to one yet. All right, can can you can can I put up a poll and you can yep. take the, the results or whatever you want. Um, yep. And by the way, this is great because we talk about you know baseball being fun. I mean, I think the Timmy Trumpets thing went a long way last mm-hmm. year, and that was cool. That was great. This is why we can have these conversations. So give me um, give me whatever the ones you have. I'll put it up on the poll, and then you can take it, the results for what they are. Do you have them? Yeah, there's one called One Star Flag. Okay. It's a I think it's Casey Donahue. Okay. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be familiar with oh, any of these, but okay. But uh I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, go ahead. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's walkout song. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good um, one. And um uh oh, what's the song? In the air tonight, but it's not Phil Collins. It's non-point. It's like a hard rock. Okay. All right. And that's the three that I had. All right. Perfect. Perfect. I feel like I, we've accomplished something in my life, if I can get you guys <laughs> all on the same page. All right. There we go. So I'm not familiar with One Star Flag. Can we play that one? Do we, Joe, is that I see it here on, by Casey Donahue. I, I don't know that. Do we have that up? We probably should have prepared. But I, I obviously know Steve uh, Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm not Austin. a wrestling guy. That was the only one I knew. And in the air tonight? You never heard that? Oh, no. Phil, I, okay. Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. <laughs> Just like that. That's not bad, actually. You think about it. Just as like the last bass drum yeah. hits, like you start trying out. Yeah, exactly. It's tough to get the crowd into it, though. Joe, how are we doing back there? We all right? We're doing. What's this? One star flag? This is one star flag, Casey Donahue. One star flag, written for um, the state of Ohio. People forget. Eh. Not in it. No. I mean, it doesn't have. It's sort of like the same. I can see, like as a as a pitcher, this might get you in the zone. Like you get like heartbeats up a little too much, but you're not getting. Well, I think like, this over, is more than like the song. But like as far as like crowd favorite, it's not going to be there. So fitting. Yeah. So the, I mean, if that I'm I like country, but I'm not a big fan of that. You're not. One, you right? don't like that one. I'm not. I, for a walk up song, that that's not my taste. Okay. You uh, you got to be lights out though to do this. Uh, Stone Cold though. Like, 
you can't say I'm going to do Stone Cold and then just like, I don't know, walk the first two batters. Okay. Well, do we have any of these other ones? I know I'm throwing this at you, Joe. I apologize. But, uh, but yeah. Here we go. This Stone Cold? This is Stone Cold, yeah. I'm so happy I was never a wrestling kid. I understand, like, for some reason, like, with sports radio, there's a lot of people that are wrestling I mean, this fans. is designed to be entrance music. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. this, so is, this I mean, is the epitome is this, of entrance This one's hard to argue with. Yeah, this is one's hard to argue with. All right, well, anyway, we'll put up a poll at some point. Ryan Brazier's uh, walking music. None of those, because Papelbon's big factor was getting the crowd involved. Well, None it of has, those really it's do. true. Well, that's true. You have to, you have to, it has to build up. You have to build up from the out when you come out of the gate, and then you walk through, you run through the outfield, and then it has to hit the crescendo when it hits when you hit the the mound, and you have to get Phil the, Collins would probably be the only one that does that. <laughs> but you can't. But it get, wasn't. It Phil doesn't Collins. get the. It was someone playing Phil Collins. Oh, it's not even the actual one. No, it was a different. Oh, it was like a more rock. It was this more, is why I don't it a, like it. It was him. a more rock. This is non points cover of In the Air tonight. I'm so out. Just do the right. Phil Collins got it right. Do we fast forward it? <laughs> oh, I like this. No. Get out of here. If you think this is better than Phil Collins, well, either or. the man that wrote one. Tarzan. Either, either or. Either or. No, Joe, what do you think? What do you, what's Joe's vote? This is, this is number two for me. I would go with Stone Cold as number one. Yeah, I would too. I would too. How do you Like if they don't get the legal right to play Stone Cold, man. that's like, sorry, but no music for you, man. Yeah, it's like Coop's gonna make uh, Ryan Brazier's life just miserable all year, buddy. You don't pick your song at Double A. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think you understand. He got hit in the head with a hundred and four mile an hour line drive. I have sympathy drive. for that. Uh, and I don't know if you if you heard that, but I've also said that I have never been hit. In the you know, head you've with you've never asked me if I've ever been hit in the head at. 104 miles per hour. I mean, the, the opportunity has never been. No, go arose. ahead and ask me. Uh, you have not. No. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's the first thing that you have to ask Ryan Brazier. What's it like? What's the experience like? It's like, hey, it's buddy, like skydiving. I, I was almost How dying. Is it? Exactly. It, uh, that's like Johnny Gomes. You've almost died five times. What was it like? Johnny Gomes was more fun, though. Like, well, you were. You would never DFA Like, Johnny imagine Gomes. your epitaph just like being like, I got hit in the head with a baseball. It, that's, I don't think that's what that is. It has to rhyme. That's what we were taught in English class. All right. All right. Anyway. All right. Uh, we solved a lot of problems, and we still haven't played the bench characters. <laughs> Listen, he didn't have a long stint here in Boston. No, but He's that's not, not the have point. Long... He has a good perspective of building a team like the Red Sox are building a I team right like now. I did like your explanation at the beginning because I think that was the best like comparison you did from the 2013 to this team now. Yes, that you got complimentary players, but the difference with 2013. It was very that, eloquent, though. I just wanted to say. Like, oh, very, ben Sharon, it was he, the best you were today. He's, he's even more eloquent than me. Uh, before we go to break, let's go with Joe in Somerset. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? Oh, that was great, fellas. Thank you. It's the uh, Shohei Otani fanatic. All right. We did a whole podcast on Otani after after you said it. I was inspired I, by your conversation. I'm not, so. very, I'm not very social media or podcast, but I, you know what? I'm going to have to get into that for oh, you. So, baseball's and boring. We had we the podcast. We had a great conversation, and I'm going to say I'm going to say Joe, my sleeper for Shohei Otani, not even a sleeper, is the Padres. I'm picking the Padres. <laughs> 
I, I can, hope they, not. can they keep paying that way? Yeah, because they lose. They potentially lose Machado. They potentially might lose Soto. So anyway, Joe. Well, one real quick before I say my show on video, actually I'll save it for after so you can talk about it. But uh, question is: If Chris Sale, right, God willing, is performing at eighty to ninety percent of what we would like him or what we have know Chris Sale to be, considering all of his injuries, still I, I get it. Is he a part of a potential Shohei Otani trade. Shohei's a free agent after this year. Sale has an extra year left on his contract. Him, Mayer, and even Bayo, like I said before, I don't really care, but those three as a, as a starting ground for getting Otani, and then I'll listen to that, but me personally, if I was a, a closer, I'm coming in to the purge siren without question. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one, Joe. I like it sounds that. Sounds good. I don't know if it is good. Sounds good. But uh, I don't. It's just, it's just an ominous siren, Brad, for you to appreciate it. All right. We're going to pull that one up. We're going to. You know what we'll do, Joe? Thanks. And thanks for the call, Joe. Scare I people it. in their car. If you uh, we're going to come out of the next break with that. Can we do that, Joe? Oh, you're right. just. You're going to scare people. It's okay. No, it's it, okay. It's going to re- realize. It's going to. Re- Five turns. It's going to raise. On the Southeast Express. It's going to raise. It's, okay. it's going to raise their heart rate. It's going to be great. I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do uh, a text line also suggested another one. So oh. we'll do those back-to-back. Okay. All right. All right. Well, why don't yeah. – okay. All right. Come out of the gate. Come out of the gate after the break. Something people look forward to along with Ben Sheridan. <laughs> I can't wait for it. On the 2013 Reds. It's going to be right. good. We're going to get through the break. All right. 617-779-7937. Last segment coming up, the Bradfoe Show. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I told you it was like kind of terrifying. This is actually really good. This is from a 978 texter who suggested Brock Lesnar's wrestling oh. theme music. I feel like, though, are we are we just, like, taking the easy route by taking WWE walking music? Well, in the same, in the same like, nature, like, isn't it just, like, unfair taking someone else's song? That's true. That's why we need someone to write us a Bradfoe show open. We desperately need someone to we write need originality. That that's coming. That's on the docket. It's on the docket. There's a lot. It's a lot going on, um, including, by the way, going. I'm I am dabbling in the music festival business. Did Joe tell you about that? I was excited for that. Oh, we I shared that too. at a couple of radio shows as well that we would be. There. Yeah, because I well, so you would be going there. out to Tempe the Innings Festival. Uh, Green Day's playing, and we're setting up the way that he explained it. We're. <laughs> I got the nerd festival and you got like the music festival. Oh, I mean, okay, sorry. <laughs> you, you, 
the way that Joe explained it was that they told him he could set up a table selling books like right next to the stage. Why not? <laughs> okay. You get someone body surfing up, the security uh, guard, they take them over, and then right I am, there, Joe Kelly selling I, a book. I, I am fa- it's going to be uh, the next couple You're all days. You the take next advantage couple of the weeks, fact that they're probably The next cussed. couple of weeks, month and a half, it's, things are flipping in a hurry. It's going to be kind of crazy, starting with you going out to Radio Row. All right. Enough of that. Okay. We we talked about the ben Red Sox. We talked about the Red Sox, how they're building this team. How they're building this team and how it looks like on on the surface like a lot like 2013. Getting complimentary players with using all your money to do that. Very comparable. Very comparable with except one exception that you don't have the same roster in backroom. So, Ben Sherrington appeared on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast earlier this week. I asked him that question. When you go into that offseason, did you say, this is how we're going to build it? Now, I would say this. It's probably important to have the foundation guys, like the Ortiz and the Pedroys and those guys. But did you you go into that saying, listen, we don't run isolation for outfielders. I love that term. I copyrighted it. Um, We need a lot of help in a lot of different ways, including in the clubhouse. So this is how we're going to spread out the money. And was there anything to, to learn in, in the years since then from doing it the way you did it on that way, the World Series? Um, I don't know the last part of your question, but I think everything else you said resonates, and particularly um, the part about uh, the, the core that still existed. That was, that was the most important thing in the whole offseason planning was that, you know, after the trade happened with the Dodgers, uh, we believed – and believe going into that offseason that we had the core uh, and that core was still at a point in their careers where, you know, we could win with that core. You mentioned some of the names, uh, Pedroia, Lester, Euclid, uh, Ortiz, Ellsbury was still on, you know, there's, there was a really talented group of core guys on that team that gave us a chance to win, we believe. So it wasn't, we didn't, we didn't think that we needed to restructure the core, so to speak. We needed to build a team around that core um, so that was the first thing. And then as we got into the planning, I do remember the, the other thing that sort of like, there were two things that kind of like kept rolling around in our heads. And I remember a lot of days sitting inside a conference room with that group of people and ownership was in and out and Bill James was in and out. We had a lot of input. Um, but the two things that kept resonating, like, you know, build the deepest roster we possibly can, um, with the resources we have. Um, and, we need to get the energy back on the field. We had gone from, you know, the September 2011 thing that happened through 2012, and it's not any one person's, you know, issue or fault or responsibility, but for a variety of reasons, um, we went through a period of time when there just wasn't enough energy on the field on playing games. We needed to get the energy back on, our our collective energy back on the field playing games where where it belonged, back on the game. And so that was ringing around our head, deepest roster possible and a collection of players that would help us put the energy back on the field where it belonged. Um, the more energy on that, the less energy on other stuff, the better chance we have to prepare and execute and win, we believed. And so it, it kind of came together like that. And um, it was noticeable even like way before some of the events of the regular season happened. Uh, I still remember even in spring training, like things that happened that you you know you looked at and heard. Well, that's that sounds different than you know 
what we're used to in a typical spring training. Like, like there was a, there was a heightened sense of, of just a heightened focus on what was happening on the field. And I do think that was intentional, but you know, totally full credit to the players and the coaching staff and John for making that actually live out for 162 games. All right. So there you go. And it is obviously a lot of correlations. I got you, you Ben Sherrington sound. You're welcome. Do you think he's enjoying Pittsburgh? Like, do you actually uh, enjoy that I think, city? I think this is a big year for him in Pittsburgh. That wasn't my question. Do you think he enjoys his time there? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think so. because Owners that don't want to spend be, money. Yeah, but still, there's for a lot of GMs. The city itself. It's like the, it's like sort of like High and Bloom. What, what does he like best about the job? Like building, finding the diamonds in the rough, building up through the farm system. And they have to do that in Pittsburgh, obviously. So I didn't, you know, I think that Ben got a bad deal here. I do. I think that he got caught up in this weird dynamic of who's making the decisions: Larry Lucchino, Tom Werner, John Henry. You know, it was just like you just didn't know, and it was just a bizarre, bizarre time. And by the overall, you win a world championship, you're doing a good job. Do you think he was always just someone that like he was the buffer to move on from, like Theo? Like no matter what, the guy no. coming after Theo. No, was I think that, like, like, they, listen, eh. the guy. Like, it's tough to follow up Theo. And of course it's tough. You go from 2011, then you have to go through 2012 and be forced to hire Bobby Valentine and then have that year and then have to make the, this enormous trade where you're trading all these iconic guys for for salary relief and I'm then build up, up the right team. Now. What? I'm getting pumped up right now. Yeah, okay. It's, it's the end, but that was really good. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it's steaming on into next week, which I'll be in Florida. Uh oh. Enjoy that warm. All right. Okay. Joe Braverman, excellent job. All right. Excellent job. I value your opinion on all this. Great job, Joe. All right. Thank you, Coop, excellent job. All right. Coop, be aware of your surroundings next time. (laughs) If there's ever a video camera. Yeah. Yeah. I was caught in the back of NBC Sports. That's okay. He did did the job. I looked handsome. 24 hours of hell in Phoenix. There you go. It was fun. I know. But I mean like that in a good way. Uh, All right. Uh, We'll be back next week. Bradfo Show, Baseballs and Boring. Check them all out. If you know how to subscribe, listen, rate, review, all of it. Also, a damn near perfect game. Get it on Amazon right now. Thanks, everybody. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.